The Paul Kuharski Podcast is a production of Vocal and is brought to you by Pickers Vodka, Tennessee's first craft vodka. It's music to your mouth. Come on, there we are. Live from Bloomington, Minnesota. Scenic Bloomington. PaulKuharski.com, live from Radio Row with uh, my good, new good friend, Dan Orlovsky. Uh, he'll spend a couple minutes with us, then Jonathan Hutton's going to jump in. But he was on Midday 180 today with us. I don't know if you heard him. He's got some brilliant insight into Matt LaFleur and how he's going to deal with Marcus Mariota. So give us kind of the baseline on uh, what Titans fans can expect out of an offense with Marcus Mariota working for Matt LaFleur. I think the greatest thing that people can anticipate is so Mariota is really equipped to be successful in this offense for a couple of reasons. One, you played in the spread offense in college. When you play in the spread offense, you really learn about ball handling, deception with the ball, play faking, and that's it's not something that is easily taught. So he's got that skill set. The foundation of this offense is the play action pass. Not people always say, man, it's the run game. That's part of it, but they want you to think that. That's this offense is driven by big play action passes that create chunks down the field. And I think that Matt LaFleur is going to bring in this offense that uses Marcus's strengths to his his benefit. You know, you always everyone always says put players in positions to be successful. Well, this offense will do that for Marcus because of his ball handling, because of the run fake, and changing the launch point. He's not going to have to drop back 25, 30 times a game in the pocket, five-step drop. They're going to bootleg him and bring him one way and then make the defense run that way and do the same action, make it look the same, but set him up behind the guard or the tackle and throw something behind it. So it's just going to bring, bring a lot of deception, which is really the genesis of the spread offense. Why would anybody be reluctant? Why was Malarkey reluctant? I just wanted an occasional rollout, an occasional resetting of the pocket. Uh, and, you know, I came to believe he well, was just super stubborn. Well, I don't know. Part of it is because just because one team is good at it doesn't mean you're going to be because if but you don't know it, you're going to be good at it if you teach it. Right? If you don't, but if you don't know how to teach it, you can't teach it. You can't just copy and paste the play and go, hey, this yeah. worked because you you have to be fundamentally sound versus everything. And just because one team ran it versus this defense doesn't mean that when you call that play, you're going to get it versus that defense. And if you don't know how to fix the problems that can come from it, then you're in a world of hurt. So if you don't, it. it some coaches, a lot of coaches, they believe in what they have, right? This I've seen this work yeah, before. That was malarkey. I've sure. seen it work before, and so they get a little bit hesitant or restrictive on branching out. And so the offense that LaFleur is bringing is so creative because they do 25 things from 65 formations. And so you have an infinite amount of plays that a lot of it looks the same, but if you tweak this, make this guy's depth different, his release different, that that's you're you're creating so many different plays with, from the same set. You said uh, on the radio that it'll be actually a little it'll feel constricting at the beginning, which yeah. is counterintuitive to what most of us imagine for him getting out from under Terry Rubisky and getting to a young, fresh, innovative coordinator. Give us the uh, the kind of uh, bullet points on why at the beginning it might feel constricting rather than expansive. Yeah, so the when it comes to quarterbacking in this offense, the main thing they teach you is playing on rhythm or with timing. And so if I've got a concept that has three receivers involved, let's start there, right? They're going to teach him, Marcus, on your first hitch in the pocket, the ball goes here. If you get to your second hitch, the ball needs to go to the next receiver and third hitch to the next receiver. And a lot of times as quarterbacks, we go, well, why can't I just go to my second hitch and throw it to this guy? 
What it's going to do is it's going to teach him to play in such. So let me interrupt. So a second hit. So say I look at my first guy. I don't have him. Yep. Look at my second guy, but then I see the first guy's coming, and I want to go back there. No, no. Or I know that there's trouble there, and I want to go to third. Yeah. So they're 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 going to teach him to if listen if you want to throw this this first ball wants to get thrown to Eric Decker. You cannot take a second hitch and throw that ball to him. And it's not there the first time. It's, you move it's on. Dead. You move on. And now, as a quarterback, you get super restrictive of that because you go, well, I know he's going to get open. I know he's going to be open at some point. But that creates problems because then you're in the pocket and your eyes are telling you who's open rather than your feet. And in the NFL, you can't play with your eyes telling you who's open because that's not how the pocket works. Guys are open. Guys, you have to be able to play with rhythm on your feet knowing where windows are going to get open rather than okay is he open or not then I'll throw it to him so he's going to feel restricted by that because he's going to go I, I feel like I can get that ball out on a second hitch or I, can, I feel like I can throw this on a third hitch and they're going to go no because in the NFL you don't get to the third hitch you get to your first hitch or your second hitch and then the ball has got to get out so at first you're going to go man I feel like I'm missing I'm missing guys I'm missing reads that I can get to but it's going to teach him to play Efficient. It's going to teach him how to get the ball out of his hand. It's going to teach him to keep things moving forward. And then once he gets into that rhythm and, and doesn't fight it and learns, because at first he's going to struggle with it. At first because it's natural. You're going to struggle with it. It's 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 unnatural for a quarterback to play robotic like that. when you He's a creative guy to begin with. But once you learn and once you buy in, and then you're going to have a play in practice where you're going to let an 18-yard hitch or an 18-yard deep cross on your first hitch, and it's going to be a thing of beauty, and you're going to go, well, that's what it's supposed to look like. And then you're going to do it again, and then again, yeah, and again. And, and then you start to buy into it, and then you start to see, well, Marcus, see, you got this out on your second hitch, and if you had waited to your third hitch, third hitch, it was a sack fumble. And you're going to start to reap the benefits of playing with that timing and that rhythm. You know you've only got a couple more minutes. We've talked about this from the Mariota side a lot. What does it do for Corey Davis, for Taewon Taylor, for Rashard Matthews, for Delaney Walker? How does life change? for them well be ready to run that's the, that's the first thing so this offense is predicated where they, they the big thing is putting those guys in positions to be successful so you know Corey Davis and Shard Matthews are going to be those guys that you're really going to try to push the field vertically they're not going to ask those guys to be somebody that they're not but they're also going to say hey Corey Davis is this guy with elite speed right so they're going to give him routes that look exactly the same but he can break out he can break vertical, he can break in, and he can sit. When you have a guy that can present those issues to defensive and defensive guys and secondary people, corners, it's problems. So those now, am I asking him to make one of those four or five decisions off what he sees in coverage? That'll be part of this offense. Because I don't have a lot of faith that Corey Davis, even in year two, even with the best coaches in the world, is going to be ready to make one of five choices. No, he won't coverage. make five we'll choices. Sync up with Mario. He'll make he'll, one of two. He won't, yeah, it'll be one of two choices. Hey, Corey, if you're going to so read brother, this safety, you're going to split up. You're either going to sit it down or you're going to take it vertical. And so that's going to give your guys freedom. That's going to give Corey Davis the freedom to go, okay, I'm just going to go play and trust my instincts because I don't have to go be perfect. And it's going to allow that offense to open up. There's going to be specific plays and specific routes for guys that are good. Decker and Delaney Walker. And those guys are going to ask to do specific things and everything's going to look the same. But then there's going to be so much variation off of it. That's I always reference it like this, and I think I've said this on your show before. It's going to be like Greg Maddox, where Greg Maddox was never overpowering, 
but the hitter never knew what was coming. I never knew where it was coming, when it was coming, how it was coming, or where it was going to be. And that's kind of the the, the, the great aspect of this offense is you're de- as a defense, you're on the defense, and as an offense, you're on the offensive. You know, and I think that's one of those things that fans can look forward to with this offense. Last one, these guys didn't get these receivers we're talking about very good separation. Yeah, uh, they, and Corey Davis and Taewon Taylor should be able to get some, but it sounds like the offense can get that. Yeah, I mean, if you watch this this offense from their days in the Denver Broncos, the Houston Texans, the Washington, to the Rams this year, guys get wide open. Why do they get wide open? Well, two there's two ways in the NFL you get wide open. You're Randy Moss, and you're just humanly better than everybody, or Calvin Johnson, or big play actions. Now, teams think of, well, I can be the play action team, but they don't marry stuff together. Stuff doesn't look the same. There's no illusion. Play action game is, is like a magician. I want you to look over here when I'm really doing the stuff over here. And this offense, that's their creation is they make everything look the same and all the plays are going to look the same and they're going to get you to look over here and then Corey Davis is going to be running 25 yards down the field and everyone's going to go, wait, there's no one within seven yards of him. And that's, you saw that with Jared Goff this year. Listen, Jared had a great year and he grew and I give him credit. But a lot of that was because of this offense and how they called plays and got guys chunks open. And then I said this to you on radio, you're going to get drives next year where it's going to be four plays, 80 yards, and you go, what just happened? You know, it's going to be a hardball play action, 25 yards, a screen pass for 15 yards, a run for 12 yards, and a hardball play action for 25-yard touchdown. You're going to go, wait, what just happened? Because everything's going to look the same. We haven't seen a lot of that. Former NFL quarterback Dan Orlovsky, current rising analyst. Somebody on here said, uh, you're much more handsome than I am. That's to be debated. Let's not go crazy. I knew my wife was a on lot of A lot of people like this bald look and this shirt. Appreciate the time. Looking my forward to continuing to you. talk to you about stuff. Uh, Jonathan Hutton will be here and sit in his seat momentarily. In the meantime, I'll take some of your questions. Thanks, Thanks guys. Appreciate it. it. He is uh, going to be big for the Midday 180, and he's going to have a uh, big couple more days on Radio Row. Uh, really good. This looks a little tight. If I unbutton it, like you want that unbuttoning it? No. I mean, if it's like that, that's way too much shirt. Now, if it stays like that, I guess it's better. Yeah, we're going to, I think we're looking to get him on the show on a regular basis. Don't worry. We've made it clear to him that um, we know he's going to be a rising star. And um, we want him to remember one of the places that helped him get started as an analyst. Um, he, we asked him that coaching question today when he was on the Midday 180. He said, you know, he doesn't know if he wants to make that time commitment. And a lot of people say get into coaching. Like, what it takes to be an offensive quality control guy or a quarterback coach in the NFL, it's unbelievable hours, not great money. Um, People just think every player wants to coach. It's not true. Dan Orlovsky, who played quarterback uh, in the NFL, famous, uh, a bit famous, for uh, running out the back of the end zone on a rollout uh, when he was on the lines, which we talked to him about the first time he visited. Did not have a great career, but he lasted a, uh, a while. And uh, a lot of these backup quarterbacks are really primed to be high-quality analysts. He's definitely one of them. If I'm in your way, please say the word. I am. Uh, I am a squatter at a table that does not belong to me. GAA Sixers will be leading. See ya. Why can't you backspace on Periscope, ladies and gentlemen? Come on this side. Huh? People said it couldn't happen. People said it wouldn't happen. But in fact, Dan Orlovsky 
that's now going to be replaced by the great Jonathan Hutton. Equally handsome. So you've had three incredibly handsome guys. Um, Orlovsky's awesome. Yeah. How was he? He, he, just, he was good. We reviewed some of the stuff we talked about on the radio, and then we talked about receivers. We talked about Corey Davis and Taewon Taylor and, and picked up on the thing where he talked about how the offense will open guys up. And those guys certainly could use that help because they weren't getting separation in Mike Malarkey's offense. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There wasn't a lot of room for Mariota to throw and fit, fit footballs in. You know, there was a lot of talk about Mariota and yards after catch. Wide receivers didn't have very many yards after catch no, compared to the rest of the league. Feature the offensive yeah. So I, I think that could open some things up with the screen game. Of course, that will work. Play action, which Marcus was very good at last year. There'll be more play action. The Rams last year, the Falcons the year before, used a ton of play action uh, with, with the floor involved in both offenses. That should help out Marcus as well because he was very good in that area. And so these guys are tightly covered, making a lot of tightly contested catches, the kind that uh, the Titans defensive backs want to force, Logan Ryan and Adore Jackson yeah. talked to us a lot about that. Now if you catch a ball in some space, the odds of getting some yards after the catch when you have some space, obvi- I mean, that's an obvious thing to say. Marcus Robertson, one of my favorite Titans, who was a very good free safety in the league, is now uh, coaching defensive backs in Denver. Um, I used to ask him about this, and he said his biggest fear was uh, having being too far away from a guy when he caught the ball. He said, listen, that guy's better at me than wiggling and getting away. I have to not let him have the space at the beginning. As soon as he's got the space at the beginning, I'm in trouble. I have to be close to him from the start. If I'm close to him from the start, I have a chance to slow him down, to, to slow him down where help arrives, to, to hold on to him, to hold him up. But if I give him some space, I'm scared. That's it's As soon as there's space there, I'm scared. I'm, I'm a good athlete, but I can't close that space the way he can take advantage of it. I'm going to take it to a, a different angle of space. How many times this year, and we'll get some people to chime in on this, I'm standing on the sidelines thinking, why were the receivers so close to one another on that route? Yeah. That's the like spacing in that in that area. I didn't think that the, a lot of the route concepts helped receivers in, in in that area get open. A lot of times, there, a lot of times, Taewon Taylor would be on top of a route with Corey Davis or Rashard Matthews and Delaney Walker would be crossing at the same. I don't know. It's just to the point where you felt like, oh well, if he goes there, he could find. Yeah, the interception in Kansas City is a great example. Yeah. I, 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 in, in regards to sorry, in regards to spacing, I, I felt like. Uh, a lot of times receivers couldn't get open because they were about to run into one of their teammates if they tried to do something different than what the route t- told them to do. That's a really good point. And uh, Orlovsky was saying the other thing is, you know, if you're Randy Moss, you're running away from people. If you're Calvin Johnson, you're, you're getting that kind of space. But generally speaking, you need the scheme to help you, and this yeah. scheme helps you, and this scheme is an attacking offensive scheme. Listen, I think most of us, I, for most of my career, I thought about, no, that's not Derek Dooley, it's Jonathan Hutton from Midday 180. Um, <laughs> for a lot of my career, I always thought that Houston offense, uh, you know, the, which was a branch of the Shanahan offense. So yeah. the Mike Shanahan offense, I always thought it was pretty to watch, right? And it was fun, but it seemed like a big headache and a hassle to put together. And, you know, one of the things, here's another, we're just going to free flow yeah. here. Something you need in order to be able to run that offense? some patience and some time and I could see the Titans a month in saying hey look we're doing some good things but the system takes some time and the rhythm Orlovsky was talking about fans don't about, want to hear that no the rhythm Orlovsky was talking about was that first hitch we got more into that so say he's looking to Rashard Matthews here if he doesn't have him his brain might say I'm gonna have him in just a second no already dead yep. you're already on to the next guy yeah and then he said there'll come a point 
you know, somewhere early where he'll throw to that second hitch and it'll be wide open perfect and he'll, Marcus will start to think, oh, okay, this, this is it. And then, you know, we haven't seen a rhythm offense like that really ever. When we've talked rhythm about the Tennessee Titans, the first thing I think of is Steve McNair getting in rhythm early. Right? So we talked a lot about how he needed throws to Frank Wojcik early because he needed to get going. And a lot of times when we've talked with him about this team, lots of different iterations about this team, it's all been about the flatness and getting them going. We're talking about something that's well beyond that, exponentially beyond that, in terms of being almost your offensive identity. It, it almost feels like you're describing an offense without the training wheels. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and without kind of without quick decision field. making, but allowing the quarterback to make those decisions, right? Make reads based on what he sees. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And you and I discussed this on midday one day with Chad. We Chad, wanted to see Chad was unavailable. Yeah, where's Chad? To make this a three pack. He, he's very. Uh, listen, when time comes and the show's over, Chad has things to take care of. By the way, I'm a big fan of your membership. So props to the membership, especially on Facebook. I read the yes. posts from the membership. Great job. Membership. If you're not a member, you should sign up. PaulKarski.com. Easy sign up. Membership button at the top on your. Um, desktop or click on the three dashes on your phone or your tablet and i'm remiss i have not yet mentioned pickers vodka all of these are sponsored by pickers vodka hutton likes a nice moscow mule like i do he drinks it i drink it we all drink it buy a bottle for your liquor cabinet buy a bottle as a gift drink pickers vodka um, and get a six-pack of music city light they've got special predators six packs right now you should be celebrating well, Mike Ryan Fisher coming out of retirement which was broken by our own Chad Withrow by picking up a six-pack of that they're available anywhere you buy beer and at Publix and Pro. Advertisement time. Never understood the lack of screens. They've never been a good screen team. It's fun. No. And it's funny. I had this conversation with somebody over there um, about what makes a screen team. You know, And I said, you know, maybe five. And he said, five? Like, how many screens a game? And that's why I asked Orlowski. And he said, probably three. three. Yeah. You know, because it's all about you're set up for that through other things that happen. And then you take advantage of, uh, of an aggressive uh, pass rush or you throw where a blitz is coming from uh, like we saw the Rams do to the Titans uh, but it takes a lot to get that offensive line moving and this is another conversation we're going to be having all offseason. Taylor Lewan can do this. Yep. Right? Jack Conklin uh, we'll, let's talk to Greg Cosell about this tomorrow. Greg, uh, Greg Cosell said from the start Jack Conklin is Taylor made for the kind of offense that they were running. I grinder. suspect he's going yeah. to tell us he's not tailor-made well, for his zone blockings. Are there a lot of right tackles that are tailor-made for Yeah, him? that's probably the position that's least likely. Yeah. Josh Klein might be made for it. If I think he's better. Because he can get out and run. Quentin Spain yeah. is not as mobile and might be less. Ben Jones, can, uh, I think, can do it. So you got three incumbents, one of whom's not under contract, but I think are automatically good at it. My question would be about Conklin and then uh, Spain. Agreed. Uh, Josh Klein's value goes up in my mind. I don't. I, again, I don't know how they. Now maybe they sign somebody else. Yeah, right. Better or draft or whatever it might be. But yeah, Conklin's uh, a topic on the on the list for Cosell. Uh, someone just said your shirt looks like a table mat. I will say this about Paul's shirt. There's been a lot of good conversation about this shirt. Last night he unveiled this last night, and he asked me his thoughts. I had him. I had him try it on. Uh, it's a modeling. I had three him try of us, it on. Midday 180 fashion show, if you will. And then I had him. Add a jacket to this shirt. My it is much stuff. better with the jacket than without. But it's good. It's good even without the jacket. And look, with the gray pants, I mean, this is a lovely blend. I, I, the, the people who haven't liked it today, who ripped it on the air? One of our guests ripped it. He said, does it come in uh, men's? 
I, I can't remember. Caselli. I think it was Tony Yes, Caselli. it was. Yes. Ripped it. And Don Davenport gave me a very uh, iffy. Now, Alexis, who's a, uh, a bit younger than Don, not that this is a generational thing, she was helping us uh, this week kind Through of Audra Martin, production yeah. assistant. Uh, she gave it a thumbs up. Tonight is our one night in Minneapolis. We're going to a nice dinner with Audra Martin, with Greg Cosell, with some friends. Kirby. I will put the sports coat on top of it, and I decided to go for it. I was going to wear this to the Hall of Fame uh, meeting on Saturday, and now I'll wear <laughs> Something a little bit more muted tonight. Uh, Darren, uh, former production assistant Darren Hobbs says people in the Great North love plaid. I mean, it's technically plaid, but it's I chop don't know. some wood, it's, Paul. It's not. It's not a flannelish shirt. <laughs> is that buffalo print? I don't know what buffalo print is. Is buffalo print the new hot thing? Then it's buffalo. If buffalo print's outdated or lame, then it's not buffalo. Someone print. says the it's the undershirt that kills the look. Yeah, but see, I I agree. I want the shirt to be. I want you to see only agree, about Brad. that much of undershirt, right? Yeah. So that's where that mid-button... Well, they made me unbutton this, by the way. So I would button it like this, and I would like the collar to be a, you know, a little bit flatter. But I can't go no undershirt. A, I sweat under here a little bit, and uh. you got to have an undershirt. B, I am not a hairless man. And you don't want to see this. Would you rather see a triangle of shirt here or a triangle of hair? Let's be honest. Nobody's voting They hair. may say hair. Nobody's voting hair. They may say hair. That V-neck doesn't hide the hair. Need four buttons down. What do you? One, two, three, four. You want something this this button? I don't sweat quite like Bruce Pearl, but a hot no test. It's hot. It is. It Way is hot too in hot. Here. Shave it, Jerry. Yeah, I'm gonna shave it like Kramer did. And you remember what happened to him? Grew back like a damn porcupine. We'll take a couple more questions. Then we gotta get Paul Bunyan. That is a great name. James. We are recording a couple top flight interviews. Uh, 3:45 and 4 o'clock. I don't think we're telling you who they are. You want to know who they are? You tune in to Midday 180 tomorrow on Friday, and you'll hear them. Yeah. You hear these chants in the background? Eagles. All fake, right? Eagles. Some TV guy finds some Eagles fans and says, hey, can you make some noise while we shoot some B-roll? It's not organic at all, is it? I don't uh, No, The cameras are rolling over there. He's right. There's no. There are no chants breaking out in Mall of America. All right. Um, I, I'm going to show people this picture. You've seen the mall, most of the mall. Yeah. If we were going shopping at one place, what would it be? If Me? You, you, yeah, if you were going to go load up on stuff, uh, what store did you see that you would go to? Um, I have not seen any stores that I would like. Claire, my wife, would love practically any store in here. You saw that Under Armour store you were in? Oh, Under Armour. I could do some damage in Under Armour. Uh, same thing for the Nike. Nike and Under Armour right beside each other. Same here. Um, I like both of those. I also saw Echo store, and I wear some Echo mm. shoes that I like. I would like to see what the new versions are. I found Chad's favorite store. I took a picture of it. Uh, I don't know if this will show up. This is what Chad was looking at today. Uh, and he might be in there right now. That might be why he's not on with us, because he's shopping for Angie and Abby and himself getting alpaca clothing, which is all the rage in Minnesota. And uh, I heard he was thinking of opening a branch in Nashville. Even. Sunglass hut. Opinion. Sunglasses hut. Sunglasses yes. hut or sunglasses hut. I like American Eagle and Aeropostale, someone said. You Is it Aeropost or Aeropostale? Uh, Abercrombie and Fitch was. You can't go near Abercrombie and Fitch. That was my jam like in high odors. school. If that you was... don't like odors, like I don't like the lavender spray that Chad's oh, talking yeah. about, you walk by that place, there's like a uh, mist coming out of uh, it. Was. Cologne mist. I don't want that. Hot shit topic. On me. Swear on here, it's fun. I don't want that shit on me. Hot topic. You probably won't do it. I won't. Hot topic as well. I don't even know what that is. 
I can always tell when you we people are winding down. You need to be members. I don't have my sticker in front of me. PaulTwoHeartsby.com. Uh, Spencer's Gift. Everybody's asked. Have you seen the Spencer's Gift? I, I did. You did? Yeah. There's one here. That store has really survived. Yeah, they have every the store here. Court. Every we're store. Maybe two of the same store a lot of times. This thing, if, if you think Opry Mills is big, this has uh, an amusement park like Opry, Opry Land used to be in the middle of it. And it's a mall all the way around. Last night when we were heading home from the media party. Yeah. It was difficult to find the proper exit from the Yes, it was. He and I ultimately found each other coming two ways around. And unfortunately, Kirby was with us. How do we rate Kirby? Anyone out there want to give us a quick Kirby rating? How's his performance been? Kirby's a 10. Kirby is a pain in the ass. It's tough. I'm Paul Kuharski, paulkuharski.com. Jonathan Hutton, one of my good friends from the Midday 180. We'll be back on air tomorrow morning. 10 o'clock. We'll do two hours of a morning show and two hours of an afternoon show. 10 to 2. Yep. The Midday 180 are new hours. You'll live it. You'll love it. We killed it today. We had Everson Walls. We had Tony Baselli. We had Dan Orlovsky. Brian Urlacher. Brian Urlacher, which was a real treat. Mike um, Haynes. Mike Haynes. We're forgetting people. Yeah. It's nonstop. We're working hard to bring you great radio. We hope you'll tune in. Uh, and I think that's all we got. Five Pickers Vodka. Music City Light, Predators Six Pack. We're happy that Mike Fisher's back, right? Yes, that means Carrie Underwood's back. How about Chad Withrow breaking news? That's why he's going to say I was very tired from breaking news. I couldn't. Withrow scooped it. Scoop Withrow. Don't block the box. Words I never thought I'd hear. He said it. Don't block the box. Paul Kuharski Podcast is a joint production of paulkuharski.com and Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com. Now.